0: The Talking Points podcast is produced in partnership with C. Michael Gibson and org. Mike Gibson, Renato Lopes, coming to you live from ESC 2021, and we're talking about the pronounced study and different approaches to treating prostate cancer with different androgen deprivation therapies and their impact on cardiovascular outcomes. So Renato, talk to us a little bit about testosterone, cardiovascular outcomes,
1: and what you uh,
0: studied here.
1: Sure. Thanks, Mike, for having me here. So let's start just with a quick background of how important is uh, this trial in perspective. So prostate cancer is really the second most common cancer among men with over a million cases uh, per year. And among those patients with prostate cancer, atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease is the primary non-cancer related cause of that. So we are really talking here, Mike, about a high risk group of patients. Mm -hmm. And as you mentioned, the androgen deprivation therapy, ADT, it's a key part of the treatment of these patients. And it has been linked in observational studies uh, with increased cardiovascular risk. And why is that? Well, we know, Mike, that um, when these patients have low testosterone, this will lead to a change in metabolic aspect and change in the body composition. So we will have like an increase in fat mass, uh, decrease in lean mass, and this will create increase in insulin resistant, increase in LDL, increase in diabetes, and therefore uh, increase in metabolic syndrome. So indirectly, uh, this deprivation will will lead to an increase in all the risk factors that would lead to increase cardiovascular risk. So that's how it has been linked uh, in many observation studies. Uh, the ADT with increased uh, cardiovascular events.
0: That's interesting, because when I think of testosterone, I always think of the testosterone patch and increase, increases in the risk of cardiovascular disease with too high of levels of testosterone. But it sounds like, just like everything in biology, there's a U-shaped relationship where having the right levels of testosterone are probably related to the optimal cardiovascular outcomes. So you're dealing with the low end of the spectrum and a couple ways to get there, right? A couple of drugs that get you there?
1: Correct. Um, and just one comment, Mike, on your, um, on your point, you're right that uh, we also don't know about the replacement of testosterone. And this is being studied in larger studies, as you know, uh, to really know if this um, replacement can increase adjudicated, well-defined cardiovascular events. And I think that has been a, a pattern in all this field, that none of the studies have looked at really high, uh, high quality adjudicated endpoints and had have, have been only focused on SAE reporting. And we know the problems of not really adjudicating rigorously all these cardiovascular events. So that's a general comment in the, in the field.
0: So with all that in mind, what did you do and what did you find, Renato?
1: Yeah, so in this trial, basically, uh, one way of medically uh, cause androgen deprivation is by using uh, gonadotropin releasing hormones, the GnRH receptor agonists or antagonists. Those are two different uh, classes that through different mechanisms can ultimately lead to testosterone uh, suppression. And the the most commonly used is the agonist agents. And those agents have been linked to also increased cardiovascular events um, due to probably a destabilization of the atherosclerotic plaque. Very interesting. There are several mechanisms, there are several hypotheses. One of the most um, commonly accepted hypotheses is really the Uh, the T cells have a has a GnRH receptor. And when you have an agonist, you stimulate the T cells to proliferate and differentiate into the T helper one uh, phenotype, which is a pro-inflammatory type that can activate macrophage and can uh, cause uh, inflammation and therefore instabilize the atherosclerotic plaque. That's why the agonist agents could potentially in animal models be linked to this increase in cardiovascular risk. On the other hand, the antagonist that suppresses the testosterone and FSH and LH, right away, we don't see that mechanism. Mm -hmm. But the reality, Mike, is that we just don't know because all the studies that have linked this increase of uh, GnRH agonies with increased cardiovascular risk um, have been not prospectively um, designed to adjudicate uh, cardiovascular endpoints and only use post hoc SAE uh, SAE's um, analysis. Got so it. in the light of this field, we felt, well, let's try to answer this question by doing a trial that can prospectively compare the effect of a GnRH antagonist, in this case, Degarelix uh, uh, versus a GnRH agonist, Leuprolide, on adjudicated cardiovascular events at one year in patients with prostate cancer and established atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease. That was really the design, Mike, to try to give the final answer to this question. And what did you find? So before going to the results, Mike, it's important to mention that recruitment of the trial was slower than anticipated, and the aggregated primary outcome was lower than projected. And then in discussions with the steering committee, the sponsor decided to close enrollment in March of last year, 2020, with all, with about 545 patients randomized uh, out of the 900 patients that were initially uh, plan so that's one of the limitations of the trial. We stop prematurely, and you know all the problems when uh, we we do that. Sure. So what did you see? But but even having said that, our primary endpoint was mace adjudicated first mace uh, defined as myocardial infarction, stroke, and death, and we found that the rates of events in the luprolite arm was 4.1 percent. And in the Degarelix arm was 5.5%, giving a hazard ratio of, uh, for the primary endpoint of Degarelix versus LuproLite of 1.28, uh, not statistically significant.
0: So no difference. Did that surprise you? Did you expect to see a difference?
1: Well, Mike, when we planned the trial based on uh, data that was not adjudicated, we we plan a 50, 50% relative risk reduction in maize uh, on the Degarelics group compared to the LuproLite group. But and did the
0: rates come out the way you thought they would? I mean, did your control event rate end up being what you thought?
1: Yeah, so that's a good question. The rates, the event rates in the Degarelics group was exactly spot on. But the rates that we found in the luprolite group was about half of what we projected. Um, And we don't know the reasons for that. There are many explanations that potentially can justify that. But the the, the reality is that um, when we adjudicate using predefined criteria on standardized event definitions, we just do not find a difference between the two groups here in terms of cardiovascular events.
0: So is this enough to answer the question? It's a little smaller than you expected. Does it change practice?
1: Yeah, Mike. So that's a good question. I think that pronounce has some lessons we're gonna learn from pronounce. So first is the first dedicated global randomized trial with blinded adjudication, uh, cardiovascular outcomes in patients with prostate cancer. And I think that's very important. It's so common disease that we should be able to do a 10,000 patient trial and answer this question. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think based on pronounce, the relative the relative cardiovascular safety of GnRH antagonists compared with agonists remains unresolved based on our data. But nonetheless, I think that PRONOUNCE provides a model Mike, for interdisciplinary collaboration among urologists, oncologists, cardiologists, with a shared goal of evaluating the impact of cancer therapies on cardiovascular outcomes. And I think that should be the future, together with more pragmatic approaches of doing trials, we should be able to, uh, in the future, Uh, answer this question more definitively
0: great job renato and uh, thanks for taking time to share this with us today and thanks to all of you for joining us here live from esc 2021